Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. You're watching Leafs Morning Take with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosen. The show starts now. Oh shit, we have a brand new show graphic and logo and everything. We're, we're Things are on the upswing here, at least when we take. It's the Monday edition, Nick Alberga and Jay Rosel presented by Botano. How you doing, Rosie? Good, looking sharp so far. We still got to, uh, you know, work some kinks out here and there, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's bumping up there in the quality. No more bullshit. So it's, uh, it's about the only thing we can look forward to this morning, isn't it? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to discuss on today's podcast, but initially I want to start off light. The all-star game jerseys came out over the weekend. First and foremost, three more Leafs added to the equation. Uh, Willie Nylander, Mitch Marner, and Morgan Riley's an all-star for the first time, but uh, no doubt about it. I wanted to get your opinion on these jerseys first and foremost. Uh, yuck, man. Like, they're terrible. Like, what are you talking about? Blue and yellow and, like, the NHL logo just blends in. It's not even sharp. It looks like a practice jersey. There's no stripes on the bottom or the sleeves or anything. Bad colors. Like, I don't want to be negative. Like, if I see a good jersey, I'll like it. I like lots of jerseys. That's just fucking gross, man. Like, there's nothing about it that I even like at all. A big star in the background that the NHL logo just blends into. And then a bunch of little stars around it that are the same. Like, no sharpness, no depth to them colors are bad like what like is oh for one so far on on the all-star game yeah but i mean we should preface by saying you're not all-star guy you shit on the game last year then we had steve mayer on you backtracked a bit you're just not an all-star guy and it's that's the funny thing about me it's like i actually don't mind the jerseys i think it's an accurate representation of like drew house justin bieber's brand um it brings a bit of a different flair it's different and people hate different in 2024 that's the problem and anything all-star related, people are going to bitch about, whether it's the rosters, whether it's the jerseys. There's a billion other things I want to complain about in Leafs Nation right now than the all-star game jerseys. That's about it for me. I mean, uh, it is what it is, and uh, that's all I got, buddy. Well, that's fair enough. Yeah. I uh, I just don't like them. I, I like the all-star game, actually. I, well, yeah. I don't like the way it's done. I like the premise of it. I like the idea. I get excited for it to see what's going on. But uh, I don't know. I just over overdone it in the past for me i think uh overproduced it and tried to to make it fun for absolutely everybody which obviously you can't do but yeah i don't know not a fan i don't know he asked me if i like those jerseys i think they're awful not a lot of fans justin bieber in the chat either uh, they're very very unhappy with the uh, coordination and the pickup and uh it's great to see morgan riley again uh be an all-star right i think he's I was thinking over the weekend, uh, just remember where he was a year ago to where he is now, right? Like the guy couldn't even string a pass. People were calling for his head, hated the extension. He was great in the playoffs, has carried that over to this season. Like he, he's, I mean, for all the conversation about Toronto's blue line, Rosie, this season, Morgan Riley has been the one constant. I think he's been great this year. Yeah, he really has been. There's been uh, no big hiccups. I mean, we don't talk about him a whole lot, which isn't fair to him, but it's also, yeah. you know, the sign of a defenseman that's, that's playing well is he kind of, he blends in, you just kind of forget about him. You let him take care of his business, chips in offensively, which is fantastic, but just 
to me, the biggest thing is there's not those blunders. There's not those defensive breakdowns. There's not those, you know, just where were you going? What was your mindset there where you just can't figure out like what this guy's doing and he's spinning around, losing his positioning and whatnot. He's been solid. And for that reason, I I think that uh, he is an all-star. I don't think we've probably given him enough credit. I don't think anybody has, but like I said, I remember being a defenseman and when you're playing your best, you kind of blend in and just take care of business and and you get forgotten about sometimes, which uh, obviously the all-star selection process didn't forget about him which is a good thing but he's been he's been solid and and like you said just no big ups and downs which this team desperately needs just some uh some consistency which morgan riley has been for them the fan votes are hilarious to me so if you didn't see over the weekend like a bunch of the fan votes were were brought into the attention the all-star rosters are now set and they're like all vancouver canucks and all toronto maple leafs it's like where are the other teams like zach hyman's having a hell of a season Noah Dobson, who we just saw on Thursday, like there's some legit, legit players left off the all-star rosters. Not to say the guys announced shouldn't be all-stars, but I think we got to figure out a way to just have the best players available here and at all-star weekend. It just become ever since the whole John Scott thing, man, it's like they can't get this thing right, unfortunately, in terms of picking players, right? Yeah, I don't know what the process is. Like, what was it back in the day? It just seemed like it was obvious. Like, the NHL pick guys, you're fucking going all-star. That's all it was. Like, there wasn't a fucking vote all the time. I don't know. Not crazy. Yeah, I know. Vote. It's like, oh, weird. The uh, the biggest populations in the country that <laughs> yeah. follows hockey the closest picked their own players to go. <laughs> just, he could have seen that coming for a while ago. Yeah. Like, weird. No one from... Uh, Winnipeg got got crowd got uh, fan yeah. voted on yeah. just population wise is obviously a problem there, but the guys are deserving. It's just yeah. I yeah. wish there was a more rock solid uh, way to do it where it's not a little bit biased towards X, Y, or Z. Yeah, we're not going to spend the whole podcast talking about that because there are some bigger fish to fry in this market. It's a Groundhog Day version 74 of the season. Can you believe we're only 41 games in, by the way? Like, I had to look today. It's no. the midway point, and it feels like it's been 80 games, you know? I really feel like, I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know why. It feels like we're way past the halfway point, but we're bang on. It's. I definitely feel like we're 55 games into the season, know. you know, but we got a ways to go yet. There's Which a lot, but everybody, people want everybody fired today. That's the mutual feel in Toronto as they get set for this four-game Western Canadian trip. Starts on Tuesday against the Edmonton Oilers at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe on YouTube once again at the Leafs Nation 401. If you're watching right now, hit that subscribe button. Leafs Morning Take, wherever you find your podcast, make sure to leave us a review, a five-star as well. And uh, we'll pretty much love you forever as we uh, bring you the appetizer brought to you by DoorDash. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app, enter code NATION25, that's code NATION25, uppercase, 25% off your first order with DoorDash, offer valid in Canada, subject to change, terms apply. So lots to dig into. Uh, first and foremost, your general thoughts on the weekend, two more blown leads, back-to-back regulation losses on home ice, Rosie. It's, uh, we were talking about before we came on, man, like we've done too many of these shows. It's it's more of the same, like what's our take on it. It's the same take of the same issues that we've had for a while now. And this is just, you can't, you can't call yourself a Stanley cup caliber winning team right now. You're not even a, a higher seed in your division caliber team. You're, 
you're flirting with a non-playoff team caliber at certain times. And it's just like, it's just like the the same warts are just there. And sometimes they're so bad that it's just like grown worthy. And if you're just a bad team and you're rebuilding, then it's understandable. There's no reason you'd be a dummy to, to, you know, get all worked up every time you have this, but this is supposed to be their, their peak. And this is supposed to be the precipice of what they've built and, and worked towards for so long. And you come out with like, with those, like the, the highs and the lows, like the efforts, like seem okay. Well, it seems to be there. You get these leads three, nothing against Colorado. And then to me, it's heart. Like, do you not have any heart to, to make sure and to, to get the boys around you and say, boys, make sure like we're playing with, with this right now. Instead they're playing, I don't know what they're playing with, but it's just la di da and they're blowing leads. They're not starting prepared. They're not understanding, you know, what needs to take place certain games at certain points in time against certain opponents. And it's just over and over again. And you're like, am I supposed to continue to holding on hope that these guys are going to beat all the premier teams in the NHL in a seven game series? Cause they're not even fucking close in my mind right now. And the, this weekend just put the stamp on that. And it, it sucks to say, I want to stay positive and I want to believe, and I want to say, no, no, they got to just tweak a few things, but it's just like, glaringly obvious some of the massive holes they have in this and it's not something that just like fire Keith and your problems are fixed it's like the, the whole core and like the identity of this team doesn't have it it's it's not right they're not playing with any heart they're not playing together they don't seem to understand the concept of what needs to take place at certain certain points in time and it fuck me it's like it's just so it's just it just sucks because you're you're hoping for this team and they just do this shit and you're like you're not even close you guys do you even know that and then you listen to their interviews and they don't even address the fucking problems it's just so frustrating you're like like i don't want to write off this season but i'm like do you guys not realize how far you have to go to to get this thing done fuck I don't know. It's it's a sickening feeling, man. It's like a country club feel to the team you're bang on. And the irony that the killer instinct is just not with this team. Like th- this was a buzz phrase used two years ago when they lost in the playoffs. And here we are like, you know what, 700 days later and still they lack the killer instinct. I do not understand a team and it happens around the league and it's the worst lead in hockey. You have the Colorado Avalanche in a stranglehold three, nothing in that game. I don't know what the fuck TJ Brody was doing on the first goal, like not touching the puck because it was a five on four and he didn't want to give them a five on three leads directly to the first goal of the game. Like the brain farts, it just shows you it's a preparation thing. These guys aren't ready to play. They're not in the game. I I think coaching's part of the reason, but I think the onus has to be on the players. It has been on the players, yet they do nothing about it. They keep bringing back the same guys year after year after year, and they keep you know, changing the insulation around them, but it's always the same guys who are guilty of this stuff. And it's unfortunate that you look at some of the big boys in this team and it's like, it's so lackadaisical. Like there's no jump. Like, I don't know how you come out, you know, guns of blaze or how you don't come out guns of blazing on Sunday after what transpired on Saturday, right? Sheldon keeps like, ah, oh, the mood's not great, not great. And then that's the way they come out. They're outshot in the first period and the media's trying to build this narrative that, Detroit flew from Thailand from this game. It was like this chaos, yeah. th- this this winter storm story has taken on a life of its own where it's like Detroit came from like Detroit. OK, let's not act like they flew cross continent to play that game. They're an NHL team with NHL players, but 
I just think it's a it's a bevy of things from over the re- weekend where Leafs fans are like, I've had it, I've had enough. Something needs to change here. I know, and it's like uh, the like the big the, the numbers are good. Like we're talking about Mitch Marner, six hundred points, fastest one to get there. Like the numbers are are good, but there's no and these players are good. Like I hate it when like you 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 knock on the team and and make a, a point that like the way things are going in the direction and the identity of the team isn't good enough. And they're like, are you kidding me? Look at these stats from Mitch Marner. It's like, well, he's a really good fucking hockey player. I'm not saying these guys are bums and they're not good hockey players. They're, they're phenomenal hockey players, but together the way the team seems to approach things doesn't seem to be working. And, and like, I need those big boys to step up when Colorado ties the game and someone looks down the bench and says enough is a fucking enough. Watch this. We're resorting back to our default settings. What we started the game with the systems, the attitude, watch this. Boom. Go take control, regain the momentum, put them on their heels, play in the ozone. Boom. Bang that go ahead goal and then keep the hammer down on them. And then, Oh wow. What that, this is how a team reacts. This is how they respond to adversity. They never do that. They always lay down and die. And all those points that these big boys get are like the third and fourth and fifth points in a 5-2 win against San Jose or something. And it's like, yay, but I'm not going to fucking like start sounding the trumpet that we're the greatest (laughs) when we don't do it when it matters. We don't do it when it counts. And we never do it when it's hard. And that's what it is to me that it's just not going to cut the cheese when the going gets hard. And I'm telling you, why is the record in the playoffs so fucking pathetic? Because it gets really hard. And this team just seems to look around and hope. And they never make it happen. They never attack it with with confidence and with with give me the give me the game. I'll take care of it. It's always I hope it's good. I hope there's not a real negative reaction after this. I, I hope somewhat like what the fuck guys, you have so much firepower and they never show up when it counts. They never show up when it's hard. And to me that shows heart and that shows the leadership is just not there. And you know, those guys in the locker room would argue that to the death, but all I can see is what I see on the television and it's not there. It's not even close. It's like, I can bet against them, which I never do, but it's so easy to do because they just always lay down and die when the going gets tough. And I'm just so sick of seeing it, man. And so is everyone else that cares about this team. Let me put it this way. So you played in this league, you have a game like that on Saturday. How how would you come out on Sunday? Because I thought they did a perfect thing on TV, sort of illustrating the first period where nobody was finishing their checks. Like that's probably the one thing you want to do is set a tone early in that game against Detroit that says, you know what, you're not winning tonight. And they didn't do that. I, I felt like they they let Detroit hang around, and that's why the Wings won that game. Yeah, dude, they don't play when it's hard. They want to play easy. Like, they want to just play street hockey, where you could, like, I saw the same clips where you're just swooping by a guy like, why wouldn't you just crank that D-man through the boards? I mean, I've been a defenseman playing pro hockey. When you get you know, a four checks coming, you go DDD to your partner and the guy just swings by you behind the net. You're going, <laughs> loop-de-loop. 
Oh, that's nice. This is sweet. I got an extra second. I don't have to panic. I can find the right play because no one's going to bring me. I don't have to protect myself. I don't have to do anything that's going to take that extra effort. They're not coming. They're not interested. They're not that type of team. It's fucking easy to play against. And you would like that. That's my point. They don't even want to play. They don't want to do the hard stuff that, that, that makes it hard on them because it's too hard. I don't want to finish my check. I'd have to come to a stop and then I'd have to like accelerate from zero to do like the little back check or whatever. I'll just keep my speed and swoop. And that's the kind of stuff that coaches just go batty at when I played. And you yeah. don't play when you do that. Cause if you're not interested in making it hard on yourself in order to benefit your team, then you don't play. But like the whole team just doesn't do that. They don't, When's last like aside from McCabe? When's the time last time someone got rocked or they ran a D-man through the boards and the crowd was up on their feet? They just don't bother. They want to play street hockey. And then to boot when it gets hard on them, when they're getting hit hard, when they're getting the pressure taken to them, they just fold and they just call her quits, or they just hope that, well, hopefully I can find an open spot and go through my legs and go backhand shelf and everything will be better. Well, that just doesn't happen all the time. And you have to have more of a, of a well-rounded game, like to get into a, a gritty playoff series where you have to dig fucking deep and you got to get that go ahead goal. And you got to find a way to just keep coming, keep coming, wear them down, crash and bang. And we have zero of that, man. And the fact that everyone looks at these points in the regular season, look how good Mitch Marner was in November. Like, yeah, he's really good, but like, I, I just, I don't like the I don't care about the regular season points. I don't care about the personal accolades. That means nothing. I would give them all back to have a team numbers that make sense, to have a, a, a resiliency in the playoffs, an ability to step up and win those tough games, to put the hammer down when you've lost your lead, to get a lead and to hold on to it. Like those are the things that make teams good. Hockey teams, not hockey players, hockey teams. And everything that these guys have shown us is just like they're not a very good team. All their big wins are like individual efforts. That doesn't win you hockey games. It's not like, this 20 man crew that comes in and just holy fuck top to bottom is on the same page. It's always these little individual efforts, which are really impressive because they're really good players. But as a team, I'm just losing faith. And these guys are, these guys might miss the fucking playoffs, let alone win a goddamn Stanley cup. Are you kidding me? It's, it's enough to pull your hair out, man. It reminds me of um, when Keith Kachuk called the Florida Panthers off. Like they almost need like uh, a former parent or a parent who is a former player in the NHL. I don't know who it would be. Maybe Michael Nylander comes out and calls his team soft because yeah, you hit the nail on the head. They just, there's something off with this team, which is hard to say because year after year, they're a playoff team and year after year, they're a hundred plus point team. But there's just that, that different feel to this team, that country club feel that it just has not been erased, man. And, there have been bits and pieces, but the consistency is missing. And maybe it's more so the way they lose games, right? We've said it so many times. The Leafs can't lose that hard-fought 3-2 game where they play really, really well. The goalie stands in his head. It doesn't happen as often as it should for the star power on this roster. And that's what concerns me. I It was a rough weekend for the big boys, man. Like, Willie Nylander, dude, and, and, and I don't know about you, I expected this to a degree. Obviously, the pressure mounts it'll start to mount you sign the new deal but it's so toronto just another week in toronto gets named an all-star gets 92 million bucks and then gets called out by his head coach on saturday night what are you seeing from nylander right now rosie yeah uh, i mean you think <laughs> you think the pressure would be off a little bit but um i'm not ready to say paid. like he, he got his bag got 
he got paid, so he's shutting it down. I don't, I don't want to say it's that obvious, but I did know when we were handing him that money, like you, 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 you can't let, let let him go. He's he's shoved it up your ass, saying you want to you want to see what I'm worth. You don't think I'm worth what we talked about in the summer? Watch this, and he shot his stock even higher, and that's good on him. I just know, and I I, I agreed with it. I still do. Just the worry with William Nylander is. You know, in the past, he's had those kind of effort problems and motivation problems. And obviously, he was motivated this year by not getting the contract done, wanting to prove his worth. Now he's done that. Is there a little side inside of his mind, a little mental thing that says, oh, I can I can kind of relax now. It's it's done. I've proven it. I got paid. I, I proved my worth. They agreed. Good. It's done. Now I know where I'm at. Pressure's off. Does he let his foot off the pedal a little bit? every game that he's played since signing that would say you could argue that I'm not, I'm not going to go ahead and put my stake in and saying that's what he's done. Um, but he's definitely taken a little step back. It's a convenient or inconvenient timing, depending on how you look at it. But uh, there's a lot of other guys that just aren't there. And to me, they have won and had success based on their talent, but it, it is not yeah. on their heart. It is not on their work ethic. And every time they get into trouble, it's when they need to play with heart and with work ethic. And they just refuse to. They just rely on their talent and hope that their talent gets it done. And I mean, it's an old adage that's saying hard work beats talent every time when talent doesn't work hard. It's been said for a million years in hockey. And it's so true because you, I know a million players who are so talented and they get these little things. Look at my plaque on the wall. I got the scoring title here and I got this there. I'm very talented. But when the going gets tough and it's time to work hard, it's time to play with heart and balls and it's playoffs, they go away. And like it just sums up this team in spades. It's it's what they are so far. It's what they've shown us. And I don't know, to make that drastic of a of a identity turnaround in the next 41 games. I mean, I know they're going to work on it. Do they change coaches and maybe he can drill something home. But so far in my mind, it's just always on the team and the leadership and the players themselves. And they have not subscribed to it at all. They just continually lean back and rely on their talent and hope and figure their talent will get it done. And it, it just, it doesn't, and it won't. Is there a return policy, a 30-day return policy on, on Nylander's contract? Because uh, I, I might be exercising it. Now, I, obviously, it's early, but, like, I just, especially Sunday night's game against Detroit, I, again, I'm watching the player closer than ever right now because I want to see if he resorts back. And he's making, he's doing some of the stuff that $8 million Nylander did as opposed to 11 and a half Nylander. Just flying the zone uh power play just not really circling back like i know you're not going to back check every every shift i mean it's unrealistic to suggest that but defensively it's like this lackadaisical lollygagging and i i if you want that money fine you earned it but it's another thing you got to bring it every game you got to be a difference maker every night and i think every player on this roster deserves a bit of smoke this weekend i i just don't think it was a great showing like john tavares dude this happens every year. If you recall, we've been doing this show for like two years now. He has like a swoon in January. I don't know what it is. It's happening right now. And people are going to shit on him. I'm taking the high road. I, I, John Tavares has been the model of consistency. He's fighting it right now. He's going to get out of this. And, and that's all I pretty much got to say about that. What have, what have you seen in JT's game lately? 
Yeah, just not lots. I just I just don't see him. You know, if you're say you're watching the game kind of casually, it just doesn't. He doesn't come up on screen. He's not in open areas. He doesn't have you know that that exciting threat to him in the offensive zone. You don't notice him making big plays or or saving plays or or winning battles. You just don't really notice him. He's just kind of you know taking his foot off the gas. And when you don't skate. Um, you know, as well as, as some guys in the league, when your foot comes up to the gas, you're, you're just not going to be noticed. You're not going to be there too much. And like you said, I'm, I, I also, I'm not going to come down hard on him and his play yeah. because he has been so consistent. Um, to me, it's where I look at John Tavares. I think like, what are you doing in the room, John? What, what's your, what's your mentality to these guys? Like, do, are you, can you take the reins at all? Can you, can you have player only meetings? Can you take the guys out for dinner and talk about like what's going on and what the expectations are and where everyone at is at in their careers and in this team's lifespan and, and what needs to happen and how it needs to happen. Do you lead that way at all? Do you, do you throw a fucking garbage can and, and, and let everyone know, <laughs> like let those kids eyes get big and say, yeah. holy fuck, and say, you need to do something fucking different because this is unacceptable. Like, does that ever come out of his leadership, you know, ways? I, I don't know. He just always seems to be this robot who goes out there and plays fine and does all the right things. A consummate professional says, I don't even know what he says because I can't listen to him anymore because he doesn't say anything. <laughs> but when he's addressing his team privately, does he have the leadership ability to to, to make those guys do something different. Cause it doesn't seem they go out there with the same attitude and do the same type of hockey where they just rely on their skill and see if they can get it done. And they don't. So, Oh yeah, that sucks. We'll give some, some token fucking sounds to the, the media and then we'll yeah. go tomorrow and do the exact same thing and see if it works that time. And maybe it will. And Hey, pat us on the back. And then it's just, it's just not a recipe to win a Stanley cup. It, it's just not even close. So, to me, you'd think they'd be scrambling to change things, but I don't see um, it. Mr. D writes in, maybe Biebs will throw a garbage can. Maybe it's Justin Bieber who needs to throw a garbage can. Maybe Biebs can wake them up. Maybe yeah. someone needs to start dating a pop star or something so we can get some uh, some emotion. There, there really is not much cooking. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to $200 in fee-free overdraft with a Chime checking account. Sign up today at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Ilya Samsonov returns over the weekend. Three goals on 23 shots. Dude, we've gotten to a point where we're celebrating every time this guy makes a save. Like... This is like Slavkovsky, Montreal media. Every time the guy gets a point or makes a nice play, it's like a celebration of life on social media. Last time I checked, the goalie's supposed to stop the puck, man. <laughs> I, I thought he was okay. Like, again, my marking's rather hard on Ilya Samsonov than it was maybe two months ago. I, I thought he was okay. I mean, he wasn't the reason they lost that game against Detroit. But to say that this problem is done, it's buried, no. I mean, I, I think I'm going to need to see 5, 10, 15 starts from Samsonov where I feel more comfortable about the guy. But yeah. I guess he passed, uh, you know, the first marker here. Yeah, it was just a big game because, like, it could, with all the pressure, it was just literally a, this could be your last game in a Maple Leafs uniform or we could see kind of the resurgence of Sammy. And it was literally on that teetering, teetering yeah. totter of, 
it was that much. It was one game. Like, here's your shot. It really felt like that. And um, if if he just if he got pulled again, like we'll <laughs> never see him again. Like, when are you gonna when are you gonna put him in? Wool's gonna be healthy here soon. And Jones has done what he's done. We're not gonna see him again. We're not gonna you're not gonna get close to like beginning of April and then give him another shot. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is his <laughs> shot. And he looked good. He had some big saves. He's he was he making saves where like he just wasn't capable even mentally to make them before. And he was making those. And it was like, yes, Sammy. Yes, Sammy. And then that goal would go in. And then, oh, fuck. And then, yes, Sammy. Yeah. And it was it was this close to being like an incredible story. This close. I mean, the whole barn is chanting Sammy, Sammy. And it's like, he's back. And then like 45 <laughs> seconds later, whammy, they bury on you. It's yeah. just like very leafy, like so close, but no cigar. And could have been great, but wasn't. And um, I, I agree. You got to see some more, but that was a good building block. And honestly, you're a minute away from, you know, they just get that to overtime. Yeah. Someone fucking smartens up and just buries one Austin does or something. And what a narrative we're talking, you know, different story right now. It's very close, but I think the frustration is they're always close, but no cigar. Yeah, and that's a story, right? It could have been a, a weekend split, and uh, ultimately they lose both games in regulation just by blips and mistakes. And like it again, it's the same old stuff we've seen throughout the season, throughout the last couple of years, where it's mistakes that are costing this team. Like, you know, even something as tough, it was so leafy that Morgan Riley breaks his stick, and then Sprong scores that goal. And it's like the flying poke check, and people are giving it to Samsonov a bit in the chat for that goal. But like, I mean, just that was so leafy for Riley's stick to break it for the puck to be right there for Sprong, right? Uh, and there's not much you can do. I mean, if you're Riley, I guess you haul him down, but that's just a tough look, man. And, and and that's the way things go when the Leafs lose games, man. They can't lose properly, if that makes sense. Like I, I've mentioned so many times, there's like a, a list of like 20 losses in the Sheldon Keefe era alone where you're like, holy smokes, that would be the worst loss for any other team in their franchise's history. And the Leafs have like 20 of them. Like, I know people hate it when I bring up that game with David Ayers, but there's like 15 different games that are comparable to David Ayers in that game. Like, I'm not kidding. And I, I've seen them firsthand, you know, obviously uh, being the radio host of the Leafs for a couple of years. It just seems like this team can't lose properly. Like, again, there's a lot of games this year and, and, and in the league where it's like you play really, really well, but the other team just a bit better than you. It's like when the Leafs lose, like they lose because of themselves. They don't lose because of the opponent. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know what you mean. I wonder if part of that is the magnifying glass we put on them. But yeah, I mean, I don't follow the Dallas Stars like at all, let alone to I the do. point where I'm dissecting every loss. Um, and you watch more hockey than I do. And I do know what you're saying. I'm not saying that's not true by any stretch. Uh, there's very leafy things that happen. I've said it. You've said it. And it's yeah. a real thing. And They've done leafy things for 40 years, like lo longer. Um, and it is frustrating. And I mean, it's akin to the Dallas Cowboys who just got, you know, smacked last night to get beat out of the playoffs by the, the Green Bay Packers. And they were the heavy, heavy favorites and they got absolutely fucking smoked. They haven't even lost at home this year and they get smoked when it matters. It's, it's, it's the same type of thing. They can't break through. They have this block. And the, I agree, the way they lose is frustrating because it's on them. And again, I I kind of had that epiphany during the show here. It's not, they, they rely on their talent. And yeah. it, it, it almost sucks because they are talented enough to get it done some of the time. 
And it's almost like this false, you know, understanding of how, of, of, of their ability as a team. It's not as a team as players, you guys can, one of you can get hot and have a three point night and you win the game and yeehaw, but that's just not sustainable. It's not how any team has ever pick a Stanley cup championship. I don't, I don't care how far you go back. Yeah. Look at that team. Is there ever one guy that just wins it for you? Sidney Crosby does yeah. not just win them the Stanley cup. Cause he's Sidney Crosby and Malkin and we're good. It's like this team mentality of, of bearing down and digging your heels in and finding a way and playing together. And it's called playing with heart and, and the Leafs don't play with heart at all. They never do like never do. They don't, they don't get into the thick of things. They don't get into the mud. You can see it. It's palpable. They don't do it. They're always just doing their perimeter stuff and, and then it'll work, right? A guy will turn on the jets and get a nice dish, cross ice, find a hole, go wide backhand, huge Sally, the barn's going crazy. Fuck. Yeah. And that's great. (laughs) That's just your talent. And that's not, that's not, it it hasn't, it's not like, I don't think it's going to work in the playoffs. It fucking doesn't work in the playoffs. And the way they lose is always on them because you relied on the wrong things. You assumed it was going to get done just because of who you are. And I don't know how many, how many wake up calls they need to get, how many times they need to be taught, or if they're even on the same planet as me and understanding that, their mentality needs to change or if Keith understands it or if he's trying and can't get through them. I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but how they're approaching the game is not how you win at a high level. And they just keep getting taught that. And it's frustrating to fucking report on it every day. Yeah. They hate to lose. There's no doubt about that. Um, or they don't hate to lose. That's the problem, right? I think you look yeah. at other teams around the league and a lot of you in the chat have made that point where they, they, they don't hate to lose. And we've gone over that uh, a billion times. This segment is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers. Get custom ring building delivered in less than four weeks with the Charm Masterpiece Program and an unbeatable pricing policy. Check out a large selection of Canadian lab-grown diamonds, mine diamonds, and don't pay until 2025 with their instant in-store financing OAC. For more information, go to charmdiamondcenters.com. And uh, it feels like every time the Leafs are searching <clears throat> are searching for something, Rosie, it, it's it's line blending time. <laughs> and that's what we saw on Sunday. Like, I want to get your thoughts on the new lines. They got Holmberg, Matthews, Nylander, Bertuzzi, Domi, Marner, Robertson, Tavares, Yarncroak, Nice, Camp, Gregor. Like, it's, they, they've tried everything they can. And it's like Sheldon keeps one thing he does every time, year after year after year. Let's change the lines. Let's change the lines. I know you're not a big fan of it. No, I'm not. It's, uh, I mean, you think Holmberg is going to stay on the first line on this roster? No. He's he's not. I know he scored and he did he, fine, but like, is that the answer? Like, let's be honest here. I, I do like Marner, um, Domi, Bert. It, it looks good. I, I've, for some reason, I've always thought Bertuzzi and Domi could, could, uh, complement each other well with someone, with someone real solid with them. And, and Marner's that guy. Um, you could have an effective lineup there. But like, yeah, Nyes has taken uh, a step back. He's kind of hit that little, it feels like a sophomore slump, but he is a rookie. Um, yeah. and, and that happens. It's, he's just a little bit lost out there. And I, I just feel like Sheldon Keefe, when they're doing the things that they do, he's lost and he ends up just, well, let me just mix up the lines. Cause he feels powerless. And I don't think that he has control of the room. I don't think he can change the way they approach a game. Obviously. I don't know if he's tried. He doesn't seem to try. Like he'll throw a little bit of shade in an interview. And that's about all I've seen. Like he doesn't seem to, to really hammer down on these guys. And I know that maybe he's done in the past and they just shut it down, which just, 
just just speaks horribly to the character of the team. But I just it's the line blending is just I, I roll my eyes. I remember being on a team and being on the bench when they mix up the lines. Okay, we're doing this. Guys look at each other and go, "Oh, here comes the fucking <laughs> yeah. savior of of the yeah. of the game and of the season. We're gonna just mix everyone up and have everyone forget who they're even playing with right now because it gets blended up so bad." Not the answer to me, but I understand a guy feels powerless back there and he's got to try to do something to find it. But it's not a magic formula. You're not going to just put no. a new line together and go, "We've found it. We've solved the problem. This is now the Stanley Cup caliber." team with these line combinations it's just not even fucking close it's it's uh, a it team. reeks of desperation it reeks of desperation well, it is. it's all you got left yeah. it's there's yeah. nothing left to do you're just desperately throwing mud <laughs> at the wall and hoping it sticks but it's a uh, it's an identity problem man and i just don't see them addressing it that's kind of why i'm down today i'm just like they don't even do they even <laughs> Do they even like realize that is, is it even possible to change it? Are these guys capable of, of reinventing the way they approach the game or are they just too happy? Like, fuck you. I'm going to change anything. I just got 11 and a half million dollars a year for the next decade. Do you think I'm going to do anything differently? I'm going to do exactly what I'm fucking doing. And Marner's thinking the exact same thing. And Matthews is thinking the exact same thing and all the way down the line. They just are like, no, I'm too talented to do anything different. I know what I'm doing. Look at, look at who I am. Look at my numbers. I'm not changing a goddamn thing. And you're going to get more of the same man. And we always fucking do. Yeah. Mike Babcock was right. You know, we've said that a billion times before. And I think ultimately I'm right there with you. Like Sheldon Keefe is going to get fired and it's going to be on the players again. Like, I don't think Sheldon Keefe's a bad coach. I think a lot of this is uh, on the players. It's on the core four. And again, we've talked about this at nauseum in the last couple of weeks. They're running it back with a core four. They're, they're doing it again to themselves. And it makes no sense when it's crystal clear to everybody watching this team that it's not so much about the coaching. Like, yeah, I think to a degree it is, but it's more so on the players playing the game. And when you don't care, I mean, somebody's got to take the heat and take the ball and take the drop. And it, it, it's going to be Sheldon Keefe. I mean, it's the easiest scapegoat in pro sports. It's going to happen again. Curious to get your opinion on the comments over the weekend. Sheldon Keefe had himself quite the weekend with the media, and he's always sarcastic. But uh, here's what he had to say after the Colorado game against the Avalanche on Saturday. I mean, you guys are watching the game. Like, when McKinnon's line gets out there with McCarr and Taze, I mean, the caliber of play, like, that's not, like, that's not the NHL. Like, that's a that's another league, right? So... What uh, what league would he be talking about, Rosie? Um, because to me, and I, and maybe I read this wrong. You're the former player. You're, you you've been around great coaches in, in your lifetime playing the sport. I think that was an indirect shot at his big boys. I, I really do. Because I mean, what's any different than the McKinnons, the Rantanens, to the Matthewses, to the Tavareses, to the Marners, right? Well, they're proven winners, but yeah. Um, yeah, I could see that being a little bit of shade getting thrown um, their way. And just to say, you know, how disgusting that group is. They are. They're they're phenomenal. They've won Stanley Cups. I mean, look at Kale McCarry. He's one of the greatest defensemen to ever play the game. And he's like a baby. It's it's wild. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. But like that's so, that reminds me of like the world juniors. I think it was like a Swiss coach talking about playing team Canada. And he's just like, well, we just, we have no fucking chance. It's not even close. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? What, do you know how good they are? Like, what do you expect from me where you don't, it looks like that. And that's fine when you're like San Jose Sharks talking about Makar and McKinnon and them. And, <laughs> but you're, you're uh, just more to my point. You, 
like, does he even consider them a, a Stanley cup contender or, uh, okay. Yeah. You didn't know that there's superstars in the league and they're going to turn it on when the going gets tough. Well, they, they just did. And you're supposed to have X, Y, Z to push back on that. But again, man, these, it's tough to be a fan right now because they don't have any pushback. They get fucking rolled over on all the time by guys like that, that he just mentioned who just out like, like McKinnon works his ass off. McKinnon gets pissed off. McKinnon hates to lose. Yeah. You can see it on his face where our faces are just kind of like, just kind of like hope and we'll see. And oh, shucks. Oh, dang it. Not again. Like it's just not a killer instinct. It's not a mentality. that's going to make you deep. And I did not a core running it back with the core four. I think we need to unload one of them and bring in some other pieces that are valuable. And you're going to get value back because these guys are so good and their numbers are so good. And other teams could certainly use them and they could go and have success with them. But together with all of them, they're the same mentality. It's just not a recipe for winning, man. It's, it's, it's not, it's a recipe for leaning back and hoping and winning a bunch of games and making some nice numbers. Cause you're very talented, but when the going gets tough, they shut it down. And I don't know if Keith was sh- taking a shot at them or not, but it doesn't matter if he was or not. If they hear that, they're going to go, well, what about me? Well, what do you mean? You just had your chance to say, to say, look at me, look who I am. And you didn't fucking do it and you don't do it and you haven't done it. So what do you want us to say? Yeah, no, it's exactly it. They pack it in, unfortunately. And uh, I think a lot of people obviously a little disappointed today. I, I think you have to keep it into perspective. 41 game mark. They're still in the playoff spot. Uh, yeah. They're headed out in a tough Ooh. Western Canadian road trip starts on Tuesday against a red hot and I mean red hot Edmonton Oilers team that's won 10 in a row but I think it's always important to you know keep things in perspective uh do I think a coaching change is imminent I think no uh if they were going to make a change Rosie it was going to happen I don't think you make that change right now um I I just I don't see it happening I, I ultimately think like they'll make a decision on Keith uh you know it it depends on how they do in the playoffs I, I just can't see a point if they haven't done it already, I don't think they're doing it now. I don't know if you view it any differently. Like, I think a lot of people are calling for it. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I kind of agree. It's like, okay, you make that change, and then what's going to change? What's going to happen? Like, uh, I just, I look at the problems that they have, and I just, I mean, one thing I would think is like, what if you bring in a, a harder nose, no bullshit, call you out? like demanding coach, but we've done that with Babcock and yeah, he's an asshole and everything, but a successful coach for sure. They didn't seem to respond to it there. So I'm kind of up in arms about, you know, what you bring in. I think. Yeah. Let me put it this way. The the three coaches that stick out right away, Craig Bruby, we just had on the show two weeks ago, won the Stanley cup in 2019. Bruce Boudreau, he, he's been on this show a billion times. He would die. I'm telling you, he would die to be the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, and I mean, he's been crystal clear that in the public. He's an option. Joel Quenville, I mean, obviously there's a bit of gray area there, but I, I think he would be a great fit. Claude Julien, like, there's four guys right there that I think make a lot of sense. Like I, I do truly feel like if, if you want to make that change, there are really good candidates out there right now. And the thing is, like, how, how long are these good candidates going to be out there, right? Quenville, man, is a guy that stood out to me. I, I really like Paul Maurice and I like Joel Quenville. I've always really liked them. I feel like they're a really good mixture of uh, like no bullshit. This is how it's going to be done. I don't get walked on. I'm not your doormat. I'm not your friend. But also, I love you guys. I care about you guys. And the team wants to go through a wall for you. They're fair. They're honest. 
they're smart. I, I think those, uh, I know Paul Maurice isn't available. I'm just, for some reason, those yeah. two guys ring a That's bell tight. to me. And when yeah. I was playing in Joel Quenville, I would, I would love for him to get the, I forgot about him when I'm talking about that. Now I'm sitting here going, well, it'd be unbelievable to lock him into this. I don't know if he's cleared this. though. I don't know if Q is cleared to coach yet, but I think they've had discussions. Like I, I do. I mean, just speculate on my part. I wouldn't be shocked if there's a story that comes out this summer and they're like, Quenville can coach again and he finds a new team. Like, I think we're at that point. We're going to get to that point. Well, I hope so. What the hell did he do so wrong? That's a fucking joke. But nonetheless, yeah. uh, I think he's, I've always thought like back to when I was playing, man, I thought that Quenville, I, you know, you'd see him around and you'd hear him talk and you'd talk to guys that played for him. And I'm just like, God, he seems like, like the right coach, like no bullshit. I have my, you know, accountability and my expectations, and that's the only thing I'll accept. But I, I, I passionately care about the team and the players, and they want to play for him, and they want to like listen to him and understand what's he trying to get out of us, and let's all get on board yeah. and try to get that and try to find that. And then, holy shit, you know, you have the Blackhawks of the 2010. So, um, interesting enough, I, I just I something needs to change with the culture and the mentality of this team and how they approach a game and how they do that. I don't know. I don't know them. I'm not in the locker room. I don't know them personally, but yeah, it seems to be a big fight and they don't seem to be able to do it on their own. Man, they really don't like more of the same, more head shaking, more blown leads, more dropped balls. And it's, it's frustrating to watch man, because it's just this Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. They're a good team on paper. But when the going gets hard and they need to play together and win a game as a hockey team, they just, they literally never do it. You could argue that last year in the first round overtime winner, John Tavares. Yeah, that's, that was wicked, man. They, they found a way to get it done in the first round. That was awesome. And if they start playing good hockey again here in, you know, the second part of January, I mean, people on Twitter are like, Oh, just cause they're losing you're bitching at them, but you were praising them when they were winning. Well, you got to give, you know, it is what, what do you want me to do? Be mad at them when they're winning and, and, and fucking bit and be praising them when they're losing. Like, what are you talking about? The product <laughs> is what it is. And when they lose a lot and, and they lose ugly, you gotta, there's no point in doing this show or even talking about it. If you're not going to be honest, I'm going to say, this is why I think they're losing. They're fucking relying on their talent and they do not play together as a team at all. And that's why we're seeing the same shit over and over again. And I'm worried more than I have been all year that it's going to be very much more of the same in the playoffs because they don't seem to have any any reason or any uh, understanding of it and any gumption to fix it. I genuinely feel for people who make it down to Scotiabank Arena to watch games like that. Uh, I'm sure you saw this yesterday, but I believe a couple were from Australia and at Scotiabank Arena taking in that game against Detroit. That is uh, it's a lot of miles to come and watch Toronto Maple Leafs game and to watch them collapse the way they did. But uh, I, I guess they got the full Leafs treatment, eh? <laughs> yeah, I saw this 20,000 clicks to watch Ilya. Yeah, I don't know, man. Disappointing night. You just wish that, uh, you know, games like that, you understand why the rink is quiet sometimes and why they don't have, you know, super excitement going on. They've been hurt so many times before. They're just waiting for it and, just the, what they've shown the last three games is just uh, it's just a bad sign. It's the first time in the season where I've really been like, they might just not have it, man. They just might not be able to figure this out. They're just, they're not good together. There's too much of the same. We've talked about the core four. 
you put all your eggs in that basket and they're the same basket that does the same thing when the going gets tough. There's no variance. There's no, you know, it's all like you have this heavy dam of this, but when the water goes around the other side, there's just nothing there, nothing (laughs) there. And good teams will find a way around that original, you know, dam that you put up to, to, to withstand, you know, this league, they'll find a way around that and they light you up. And it's just the same shit. Like, Nylander and Tavares and Matthews and and Marner, they're they're not none of them get going when the going gets tough. You can put together a highlight reel, you can show Marner's stats against Daryl Sittler all day long. I get it. He's very talented. But when the going gets tough, none of them do what Nathan McKinnon does. And for that reason, he's considered a winner right now, and these guys are are still wanting. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to watch, man. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm just in a bad place this morning and maybe you are. I just don't see how or why, like they've had every opportunity in the world to reset and to reevaluate and to come at the game with a different mindset and mentality and breed a different culture. I don't even think they've even begun trying. Fair enough. Uh, producer Vic also writes in the name Gerard Gallant, who we didn't bring up. Uh, his name is also out there in terms of free agent head coaches. So there, there's an abundance of people out there that make sense. But again, keep things in perspective. It's a mini blip in this 82 game slate for the Leafs. But uh, I, I'm siding with Rosie on this where I think it's time for a substantial change. It's not going to be a big trade. The scapegoat, the easiest one in hockey is, is the head coach. And I, I think now is the time to do it. Is it going to happen? Very, very unlikely. The Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now. 19-plus, please play responsibly. Uh, it's Martin Luther King Day in the States, so there's some afternoon games. Uh, there's actually one I'm looking at, Avalanche playing Montreal. Jonathan Jurens returning to Montreal. I would do something around him, whether it's uh, anytime goal or a point, uh, shot prop. I think Jurens going to have a big night. There you go. There you go. I haven't had time to look and then check things out, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this uh, Leafs road trip and I wonder what the line's going to be against the Oilers. Like, are we still going to be favored? That's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting line. And I did tell you not to foreshadow, but I think the Leafs are winning tomorrow. I'm hammering the Leafs tomorrow. I, I'd be stunned. Uh, I I'll, I'll say this on this show. I'd be stunned if Toronto doesn't win that game. It, it's, it's a, First game back from a Western road from a road trip in general for the Oilers. It's a scheduled loss for them. I'm telling you, and I hope I'm right. I mean, I don't want to be proven wrong here, but I, I just oh, got that too. feel. What's that? Me too. I hope you're right as yeah. well. It's uh yeah. it's a bold statement. Them playing the way they are and yeah. they're at home and they're on. This uh, what the Leafs do, man. They suck you back in. I, I'm telling you, they lose the the way they did this weekend. They're gonna suck us back in. They're gonna win three or four on this road trip or whatever it is. I think they're going to lose in Vancouver. I think they're going to beat Seattle. I think they're going to beat Edmonton. They're going to beat Calgary. And people are like, a week from now, if we have this conversation, we're setting up the the two games against Winnipeg before the All-Star break, and we're feeling great about life again. It just It's the roller coaster that is this market. I get it's an 82-game slate. It's just more so progress, and we talked about that to start the year. I have not seen it. I, I don't look at this team, Rosie, and say, you know what? I could see this team going on a run. I, I just, I think it's the common ingredients and the common issues with this team. And unfortunately they haven't been rectified. All I can say is I, I hope Brad true living is watching and, and two, I, I hope he's allowed to make substantial changes. I, I just, at this point, I have no clue if he's even, if it's Brendan Shanahan's vision and it, it, it's true living there to, to activate it because we sort of, to a degree, we got that with Dubis, but 
it's the same old shit with this team, man. And it's never the players' faults. Like, well, when when is like I, I would be so furious if they came back out in the summer and they're like, yeah, Mitch Marner's staying for life. It, it's so clear that you need to change the culture, the look. And there's your avenue. Just uh, if you need to walk Marner to free agency, do it. I just need to see something different from this franchise right now. Yeah, that's funny. It never does seem to be the player's fault, right? I know. It's, uh, never. All this or that or circumstance or schedule or coach or on the road, not on the other teams doing this or that. Or only only one that takes the heat, it seems to be, is the goalies um, in the market. And uh it's it's that same thing as you pull up their stats and their numbers and stuff and they all look good so yeah. the reason they're losing to me isn't on a piece of paper it's not it's a mentality and a it's an attitude towards the game and how you approach it and then ultimately how you play it and it's it's just it's not a it's not a combination to go deep and to to stand up to adversity. And every time this team faces adversity, they seem to fall. Um, and then on, I mean, clear case in point, why do they always lose against lower level teams? I know they just swept San Jose hooray, but I mean, in, in general, <laughs> they have a horrendous record against lower tier teams. And that just sums up what I'm saying. They just rely yeah. on their talent. They don't have a game plan. They don't think they need to, bear down and get together and link arms and attack together. They just go out there and do their own thing and think about how good they are. And my talent will make us win. And it does sometimes because they're all very talented, but you show up in the NHL, you expect to beat a team when you're very talented, you're not going to prepare properly. You're not going to have the mindset of let's go to war. And they constantly prove that by losing to those lower level teams. Nobody else in the league does that. I do know that. Their record against the lower level teams for a considered high end team is horrendous. So it's just a, it's a culture thing, a mentality thing. And I don't know how you fix it. I, I do think you bring in different guys, blow up the core four. I've been saying that since the summer. Um, how you do that now is beyond me. But uh, interestingly enough, uh, they could go on a little West Coast run here. I hope they do. I still I still am hoping for them. I want nothing but the best for them. I want them to figure it out. I hope they change things. I hope John Tavares takes the the locker room by the horns. Um, but I just have no reason to say, yeah, I think that's happening at this point in time. Producer Vic uh, would like us to discuss who is starting tomorrow, who would start tomorrow. There's only one Leafs goalie that I would start, and it's not the guy who played on Sunday. I don't know if you feel the same way. I just It's not even a conversation. Yeah, I think you're going to Martin Jones. And uh, when Ilya <laughs> Imagine gets... Imagine Samsonov out there against Edmonton. It's like, fuck, just get Keith fired now. Just fire him now. Might <laughs> as well, you know? I don't know. Yeah, he... Well, and there's got, there's got to be some things on Keith too. The way he runs the lines, where he puts people out, what the timing of some things. He does some it head-scratching is. stuff. Yeah. Um, I think they touched that on the end of the game, too. It's like... But this stuff's more under the microscope when you lose, too, right? Like, it's so... E Everybody's a fucking coach watching from their couch. And this is me not defending Sheldon Keefe, but I think it's so funny where everybody's like Mr. Coach on the couch, man. Like in the moment, it's so different. Do I, I agree though? I think he's being outcoached. I, I think it's been a thing for years, but I mean, to place all the blame on the head coach is just unjust. It's unfair because ultimately who plays the games, Rosie? It's the players. And I think the root of the issue is that the players ne never get the blowback from this. It's always... And I get it. You pay these guys, but like, there's never any pushback where it's like, you know what? Not doing the job. Nylander, fucking see you later. We're trading you. Or, or Marner, see you later. We're trading. And we, they've had opportunities to do that. But ultimately, they believe in these guys so much. 
And that's the problem with this team and this market. Yeah, it's hard when you got talented players to unload them. You're going to get a lot of blowback from different people in the market that say, oh, I loved him. He was my favorite player. I have three jerseys of him. Are you crazy? And there's going to be anytime you do a, um, make a move like that in this market, it's going to be huge. And I feel like they've been scared to do so. And they're like, yep. no, no, we got these really good players. Let's just keep surrounding them with the right people. It's going to happen. You got to be patient. It's just like the avalanche. It's just like Ovechkin. You just got to be patient. Eventually, they'll break through. And I have my reservations on the way they're going about it, but uh, I'm not at the helm of it. I'm just here to say what I see. And if people don't like that, that's fine. Everyone's got their opinions, but uh, I just, I don't think you can argue with the Leafs just aren't, aren't cut from the cloth. That's going to win you the Stanley cup right now. Major changes need to happen. So we'll see if they're capable of doing anything close. All right, Rosie. Uh, great chat today. Very therapeutic. I feel much better than I did about this team, say, 55 minutes ago, but we'll reconvene on Tuesday. It's a uh, game one of a four game Western Canadian road trip starts in Edmonton. So we're going to tee that game up coming up on Tuesday. OK, love it. We'll talk to you then. Sounds good. At the Leafs Nation 401 here on YouTube. Everybody in the chat, I know you love our graphics, but the one thing you have to do for us, like and subscribe. I mean, we got to pay the graphics, man, some big time money for the new graphics, the new show slate, the new intro. So help us out. Least Morning Take, wherever you find your podcast as well. And thank you to producer Vic, as per usual, long board now. Full time with us. We love it. Mm. That's Shea Rosal. I'm Nick Alberga. We'll talk on Tuesday. Take care.